And we are live and we are back. Let's go. I'm Corey, your host. One half of the Corner Full Effect Podcast. And I am back like I never left with another installment of Wealth Wednesdays. Here on the Corner Full Effect Podcast, we discuss health and wealth, finances and fitness and everything in between. And we want to make sure you save more and say less and keep making better your best. However, my coach Jordan, who is back from paternity leave already, when he was out, I started these Wealth Wednesdays. I need to stop doing this introduction and just get started. But I started Wealth Wednesdays where we get straight to the financial information. However, I do know that we did miss last week. Th- th- things come up. We-, we are busy around here. But this is why we like have the Wealth Wednesdays sort of like a to compensate if we do miss. I, knew, I know I said I was going to drop one on Friday or Saturday because I missed a day. I need to stop saying when I'm going to drop stuff and just, just let it come out when it comes out. And so I did more on a more strict schedule because I got a lot of stuff in flight right now going on over here. But before I get started, make sure you hit that like button, share and subscribe, shout out to the YouTube algorithm, leave comments on the podcast platforms as well, leave those rating reviews, tell a friend, tell a friend, shout out to Sir Alex from Snaps and Laugh, Baltimore, shout out to Baltimore. But again, we see the views going up, we see the likes, everything going up, so please continue to do what you're doing. But if you're not, if you're not liking, if you're not sharing, if you're not subscribing, then you, you need to you need to start doing, doing that. I discussed the student loans, student loan situation, right? Still in flight last episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, I know y'all see the title of the video, who would I be to have a finance platform and not talk about the bank collapse? I'm not gonna be one of these, well, I, I'm gonna read the article. So whatever the article, however that goes, it goes. Y'all know I don't watch them, or I don't read them, should I say, before I do these. But I'm not gonna act like I saw a, uh, financial collapse from a financial institution, a bank company. No, no one was ever discussing that. I'd be hard pressed to see you post a video where someone who, who doesn't always different from the people who always say something's going to happen, but the general people were just talking about, you know, what's going on, how to move forward with your finances, et cetera. No one was talking about a financial collapse from a bank. So I'm going to get into this article. Y'all know we're going straight to CNBC. We're going to talk about the Silicon Valley bank collapse. I'm going to give y'all some, I wouldn't say tips, but we're going to sort of discuss based on the article goes, you know, what, you know, what happened or how to not get screwed if you're in the position, you know, what could have been done to prevent it, but not from the standpoint of like, see, I told, I told y'all so, I'm an I told y'all so person. This was not an I told you so. This was like, oh, this, oh, there's a collapse. Like, oh my goodness. But all right, y'all, y'all, y'all know where I go. Silicon Valley bank shut down. All right, here we go. Let me see. There's always so much stuff. My goodness. Shout out to CNBC though. And yes, if you don't know, my mouse is broken. Also, before I get started, entertainment purposes only. Don't sue me. Sue your mama. You need to do your own research. Neither Jordan nor myself are fitness or financial professionals. And this is only for entertainment purposes. You need to cross-reference anything you hear on here and also speak with a professional, either the fitness or finance field or both before you do anything that you hear us say on here. We're not liable. I'm liable to be liable, but we're not liable for that. But all right. Silicon Valley bank is shut down by regulators and the biggest bank failure since global financial crisis. Now, with this, I knew this is something where it's like I should have did this, you know, on March 10th. As soon as this happened, because there are so many articles now, more information has been released. I mean, how it's freaking Wednesday, it's March 15th, it's been five days, which is a lot on something like, you know, the second largest bank failure since the global crisis. Um, but out of all the articles, I think this one is like the most broad one because it was the very first one. So less information that came out. So it's just more overarching. But again, this was Jesse Pound. Shout out to Jesse Pound. Y'all know how I struggle with these articles on here as far as the author, should I say, for the articles. But all right, 
And yes, the mouse is still broken. The mouse is still broken for those of you who's not your first time tuning in. But I want to highlight more for y'all so y'all can see what I'm reading. But my mouse broke. I, I don't know why I broke it. It's broke. But all right, here we go. FCC said in the statement, excuse me, in the, excuse me, it said an announcement that insured depositors will have access to their deposits no later than Monday. All right, booms. So let's just talk about in general what happens when the when a, when a bank or credit union closes. For banks, they have FDIC. For credit unions, they have NCUA. In short, those uh, FDIC or the NCUA, they will insure up to $250,000. And the way that works is it's for your entire bank account. And now it's like, okay, what's a bank account? If, you're, if you have a savings and a checking at a financial institution, the same one, let's say Bank A, I'm doing my best not to mention any banks besides, you know, SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. But if you have a checking and a savings account at Bank A, and you have $250,000 in both accounts, that's $500,000. You're only insured up to $250,000. They're not, they're not uninsured the whole $500,000. It's like for like you as like the primary owner. And in short, your 10, your tax identification number, your social, can only be the primary on, in quote, one bank account. Now, each bank, each credit union might have it set up differently as far as how they set up accounts. You might have a different account number for your savings checking account, but I, I can promise you, you know, 99.9% .9 sure that it's just the one account, quote unquote, that is insured up to $250,000. Now, if you have bank A and bank B, and you have a savings at one, and usually you have to have a savings at every place, but you know, you have savings at one and checking at another, and they both have 250K, then you'd be fine if both of those banks were to collapse because they're separate financial institutions. So you got a 250K in both cases. Also, to speak about joint bank accounts with spouses. If your spouse is joint on your account, right? In a situation where you have bank A, 250 in savings, 250 in checking, you still only insure up 250K. However, this is why, you know, you should join bank accounts, but y'all should each have your own bank account because if you have a savings and a checking and your spouse has a savings and a checking, you all should split that 250k, right? It's one year. The husband can have 250, and then the wife can have 250 in their separate bank accounts. This is why it's like, you know, what's a joint bank account? It's just a term they use. Everybody has a separate individual bank account where someone is the primary owner of that account, and that's what's insured up at 250 thousand dollars. So if you're in a situation where yes, your accounts are joint, right? Someone's the primary, and then someone's a joint owner for spouses but all of the money is still in the primaries account and you're over this 250K limit. It's not most people, but if you're in that situation, you should transfer some of those funds, whatever's over the 250 to the other spouse's account. So you're fully insured. Now, I don't know how many people in this situation, my guess there would be some, you know, Silicon Valley Bank, you know, right, all these uh, tech startup companies. But I wouldn't be surprised if there are people who are married and they just have all their money in one person's account. And they, I mean, you know, this is millions of dollars for some of these people. But it's like you just lost yourself out on 250k just because you won't transfer some of the money over to your wife's primary account, right? All accounts when you open them up at a financial institution, if everyone's over an adult, so over the age of 18 when they open them, they're all individual accounts. If you're a minor, the accounts will be set up joint if you're going to have it. So where the minor is the primary, you can do custodial accounts. We're not talking about that right now. But if everyone is an adult when they open up their accounts, so they're 18 or older, it is always an individual account. You have to do more paperwork to make the account have a joint on the account. So all accounts are individual or separate, however you want to look at it. And then when you actually join someone on the account, that's when they make it a joint bank account. But saying that for people, you know, my spouses, you got all your money in one place. Yes, the account is joint, 
budget is joined, everything's transparent. You got all your money in just one account for one primary. If you got over $250,000, you want to move some of that over to the other spouse's account where they're the primary. So you're making sure, uh, making use of this insurance. All right, that, that's like a preference. That's like a preference for all this. All right, because people are complaining about the money they lost. Okay, they're, they're letting you know that they're going to be insured, right? Because they're going to talk about uh, people being insured. And I already saw that the FDIC came out and said every all the deposits are going to be insured. Now, the shareholders and the executive people, they, they got to hold the bag. But I, I do believe they said that everyone is going to be insured for all the deposits. So not just the 250K. Right, they're saying you know, the branches open up next week, which is this week, or again, talk about the 250K per deposit. They're all saying, yep, for each. Okay, they're saying for each account ownership category. All right, this one is so see, that's see, that's one of the okay. We'll see if they do 250K. We'll see that. We'll see. All right, I might have, I might have to slightly renege on that, but I'm it might, it might have changed, but. See, it's going to be different based on how each bank is set up. I know the credit union I worked at, you have we have one account, and all those you could have you no know, club accounts, Christmas accounts, all that. It would the, the, that didn't matter. You have one account number, and that account number is short of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm not sure exactly how the account setup is for every financial institution. But all right, financial regulators have closed Silicon Valley Bank. Oh my goodness! And taking control of its deposits. Okay, FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Announced Friday. By the way, the FDIC isn't a government entity; it's just something separate. Uh, Friday, then the FDIC is not the same thing as the Federal Reserve. That's the Fed. The Fed is something different. Friday, and what are largest bank failures since the global financial crisis? This is talking about the 2007, 2008, 2009 collapse. And it's talking about the global financial crisis. The collapse of SVB, a key player in the tech and venture capital community, leaves companies and wealthy individuals largely unsure of what will happen right to their money. According to press release right from regulators in California's uh, Department of Financial Protection and Innovation, closed SVB and named FDC as the receiver. The FDIC in turn has created an, another financial institution in Santa Clara, which now holds insured deposits. And this is right now, just talking about this article. Oh, snap, what the name? Oh, damn ass. All right. Now, just talking about 250K, we're going to talk about the insured deposits. But like I said, they already came out and said they're going to insure all, all the deposits, depositors, all, every dollar, every penny they have in there, not just 250K. Um, okay, so they announced deposits are going to have access to their money on Monday, right under control of regulation. And then SVPs are, they said their official checks will continue to clear. To clear. So what happened is, so you're talking about bank runs, right? So, you know, word gets out that the bank's about to collapse or looking like it's going to collapse, or in short, People are trying to withdraw their money, which means they're trying to take out their deposits, right? They're saying the depositors are being insured. So you deposit money, then we take that money out, you withdraw it. But if word gets out, like with this, where the financial institution is not able to cover all their depositors, then people get scared, right? And they run or they rush the bank to withdraw all their money out, and then that's how the bank collapses. Now, before the FDIC existed, we didn't have that. You go back, I think it's the Great Recession, right? You go back to the uh the early early 20th century and that happened there wasn't that you know people went to take out their money and the banks didn't have their money and a lot of times i think still to this day some people think that the money that's in their bank account like is back you know somewhere in the vault that's not where it's at it's all computer numbers but in short when you deposit money into the bank the bank then keeps a small percentage of the money that you deposit with them 
actually in cash reserves to give out to you based off of all this data that they have, based on how many people are going to come to the bank and how much money they're going to need to withdraw an actual or give out, should I say, people are going to withdraw in actual cash. This is why when we talked about the, um, the Ryan Cooler, what's his last name? Ryan Kugler. Yeah, Ryan Kugler, the Black Panther uh, director with his Bank of America, I believe, was situation. And there are usually daily cash limits that financial institution have on how much money you can withdraw. Part of this reason. So people just don't come and take out all the money. Right. And so the bank loans out that money so the bank can make more money and you know give you more products and services and also give you a loan when you come and get your loan. I would recommend getting your loans unless it's for a mortgage. But that's just how it's set up. So in this case, we're talking about you know banks or you know SVB where they have tech startup money. This is in the millions of dollars. So banks do have other assets, right? They have investments, they have bonds, things like that. They can have real estate, right? Mortgages. They have all these different ways to generate some type of income, right? To pay. And uh, I can't remember when I did this um, episode, but I talk about transition from income to income assets and liquidity. And the issue in this case is that SVB was not liquid enough, or in short. They were liquid enough, but the liquidity that they had, they, they were not able to sell enough from a dollar amount standpoint from, or when they sold their assets, they weren't able to have enough money to cover the people wanting their withdrawal. So someone wanted $100 and they only had $90 to give them. Oh no. Now word gets out that, hey, the bank's not giving me my $100, I'm going to give me 90 Now you're like, oh, I got to go get the rest of my money out. And then there you go. So that's what's happening. They have, they have, I think they have bonds and something else but in short they had investments that they had to sell that the investments they had they don't do well during high and high interest rate time and they bought them before you know interest rates spike like they're doing right now so once interest rates spike it's like okay cool but we just got to ride this out right ride this phase out or this part out in the economy so interest rates go back down and our assets right look a little bit better and when it's time to liquidate them we can liquidate them. Also, too, when interest rates are high, we might not be having as much income. Again, income assets and liquidity because interest interest rates are high, so not as many people are going to be getting loans. Less people get loans, so we're right, turn out less money, et cetera, et cetera. It all comes through, and then also too, inflation. People have less money, right? Their layoffs are coming about, so since people have less money, less deposit being made, we have less money. So all these these things come into play. Welcome to the economy of this particular financial institution, or it's in general anybody, and so. That's how you end up getting into this situation. All right. And then one of the things, too, for SVB is that, as you can imagine, it's Silicon Valley Bank. They're big on startups. And in short, the larger financial institutions, which I'm going to get to, they're going to be um, more apprehensive when it comes to giving out loans to not just small business, but high risk small business. Small businesses are already a high risk. OK, then us startup right which in short can be viewed as a small business but a startup small business so not a small business has been around 10 years and they're trying to you know get get some loan but this is a brand new company they've been out 30 days you got some tech kid who's 19 20 been programming for the last five ten years or something like that and he wants all this money the big banks don't want to do that that's high risk insert silicon valley which is as you can imagine right in silicon valley where all this tech startup stuff is going on so not only are small brand new small businesses high risk arguably tech startup small businesses are the most high risk business and i don't know all of their financials well and i guess this is a big part of their portfolio so they have a in short a very high risk portfolio and probably not that diverse of a portfolio because they are known for helping out small tech startups okay so that's how they're going to make their bread and butter all right now if you're in a situation where 
you know, you had all your money in one bank. I don't recommend having all your money in one bank because I am going to get to this article. We're going to share the tab. And this is from Federal Reserve Statistical Release. This is federalreserve.gov. So this is official, official. Okay, this should be as of December of 2022, December 31st of 2022. So New Year's Eve last year. These are the size of the largest banks in the United States. And when we come down, we see here that Silicon Valley Bank was 16 now and right, $209 billion in assets, right? Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't bank with Silicon Valley Bank. So I have three financial institutions. I bank with Navy Federal, Tower Federal, and then Ally Bank. But 16th, Tower Federal is the largest credit union in the state of Maryland. So that's number one, because I live in Maryland. Navy Federal was the largest credit union, number one again. And Ally Bank is viewed usually as a number one online bank as far as they have no brick and mortars at all. So no in-person branches that you can go to. I recommend you choose the top. Now, I don't usually recommend people bank at the top banks or any, really any large banks, maybe a local bank, but I usually always say go to credit, you can go to the credit. I know what I'm with Ally, that's just straight up because it's an online bank for the interest rate for this high yield savings account. That's the only reason I'm with them. But if you were to have me give a recommendation, Corey, if I'm gonna choose a large bank, who should I choose? There's only four you should choose. And they're known as the big four. And it's JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Citibank, or Wells Fargo. They're the only ones who got right here. See, this is calculated in, in millions. I don't, why is this calculated in millions? Normally this is calculated in billions, but you see this assets. So they're saying that JP Morgan at the end of last year had three million, certainly it's three billion, right? This is in millions. So it's three comma two zero one comma nine four two. So it's 942 million, right? And 201 billion is they have three trillion dollars. Bank of America, 2.4 trillion dollars. Citigroup, Citibank, should I say, excuse me, 1.76, and then Wells Fargo, 1.71 trillion dollars in assets. Those are the top four. And by the way, the reason they call it big four, because they're the only ones in America who have assets over a trillion dollars. We scroll down to Citibank. They only have 210. Citibank, excuse me, Citibank, Silicon Valley Bank has less than 10% in assets that Bank of America has. Now you can choose the bank with you you want to. This is why I recommend you're going to pick, choose the top dogs, right? We, we talk about, you know, who's better, Jordan or LeBron. Well, if I can pick a team, right, I'm, like, I'm just going to put both of them on the team. I'm just going to put both of them on the team, right? You're talking about investing, don't know. Do your own research on investment advice, but pick the top ones, right? If you look at all these different ETFs, if you want to get into single stocks, a lot of times you'll find Microsoft and Apple there. That's, that's just how that works. They're usually in the top 10 allocations if they have some type of tech exposure. All right. Just choose the big dogs. But if you're going to choose the 16, and I, I was thinking about this, like if you could build a sports team, any sport you wanted to, really outside of football because there's so many positions, but if you could build an NBA team and you said, hey, I'm going to give you the 16th best player of all time. I don't think you'd be happy with the six. This is the 16th largest bank in the United States. There's only 15 above them. But if you said you get the 16th best NBA player of all time to start your team, you would not be happy. Now you're getting to like a Dirk, Carl Malone, Kevin Garnett, Charles Barkley conversation. And it's like, no, you you want the top four. You want LeBron, Kobe, or Jordan. I just, just be very real. All right. You might want Magic, right? One of the big centers, Kareem, Bill Russell. But you, you want Magic, Kobe, or Jordan. Or LeBron, so I imagine. 
You want LeBron, Kobe, Jordan. Everybody knows that. Top four. I'm trying to think of a four person. Who's a four person? KD. No, I'm joking. Right? But you want one of the top ones ever. You want something that's considered as the best one. And usually JP Morgan, Bank of America, Citibank, or Wells Fargo, they're considered one of the top ones. Maybe even a PNC, right? Okay, if you have PNC, cool. Right? That's six. But you're talking about 16. So you have to be mindful when you're picking your financial institution because I want to be very clear. No predictions here. But if JP Morgan were to collapse, JP Morgan, different, different situation. Completely different situation. Silicon Valley Bank, uh, all right. And one of the reasons, too, is you can imagine, right, they're making sure that the depositors keep all their money because a lot of tech startup companies have their money there. They don't want all these small uh, tech businesses going out of business. That would be bad for them. But all right, back to the article. I just wanted to show that so y'all can see how large the bank was. It was 16th, but again, you usually don't want to, you know, you want the 16th best car. What do you want the 16th best of if you had the choice? Remember, you have the choice to pick any financial institution. It's different when you don't have the choice, right? Or you do have the choice, but, you know, as people in front of you pick, you, you, know, you have less options. You can choose the bank anywhere. And again, you can bank, you can have multiple financial institutions. So it's one thing to start out as a small business tech company at Silicon Valley Bank. But there are some people I know they had all of their finances here. And at no point in time did you want to branch off. And that's what we talk about. Shout out to Anthony O'Neill. But it's like using debt and all debt is a speed from money standpoint, right? You need $10,000. You can wait until your business generates $10,000 at the end of this year, or you can get a loan and have $10,000 a day. That is allowing you to do whatever you needed to do with that $10,000 right now versus next year. It's just speed. It's just speed. But again, risk management. You got You have to assess, assess that risk. And I, I would say a lot of people did not do that in this situation. All right, again, they're talking about FDIC. They ensure that 250K, uh, right? Uninsured deposits will give receivership certificates for their balance. Okay, and like I said, they actually insured all the depositors as far as all the dollar amounts they had in there. So we can skip that. Whether deposits, right, with 250 more, all right, ultimately get their money back will be determined by the amount of money the regular, regulator Gets as it sells. Yeah, they're gonna sell the assets. Yeah, the stock dropped sixty percent overnight. That's crazy. All right, there were concerns in the tech community that until the pro process unfolds, some companies may have issues. Yeah, so these companies, right? Again, if you're financed again, if you're just starting out very small, that's one thing. Because again, if you're under two hundred fifty thousand dollars, this is not an issue. I'm looking at the mic because my camera used to be over there. But if you're under two hundred fifty thousand dollars, this is not an issue to you. It's to the companies that were over two hundred fifty thousand, which might have been a lot. I don't know the exact percentage. However, this one, it makes sense to be at a larger financial institution or just have another one. So you just get another 250K. But this one, it makes sense to start diversifying. We're talking about diversifying your assets. Highly recommend, even if you don't have over 250K in cash, which I don't, but still have multiple financial institutions because a car might get declined, something crazy might happen, an app might not work, all these different things. And you don't want to have all your money locked up in one place. And that's what CMC, see, all these people worry about payroll. It's like, are you telling me you couldn't just open up another bank account or one of these larger financial institutions? You just cho chose not to. Like the Silicon Valley bank loans are just that good for the tech startups. And at no point in time did you think, hey, maybe we should start transitioning our finances, you know, on a large scale out of this small business tech mindset that we needed. Right. Sure. You need your loans to get started up from a business standpoint. Let's just say, all right, cool. You take that. But at some point in time, your CFO has to step in and say, hey. But hey, remember, one of the main reasons small businesses fail or just business, everybody struggles financially, marriages, everything is mismanagement of finances, marriages, businesses, you as, you know, with all your debt, brokies in the front, everybody, mismanagement of finances. 
and as the end of the summer, right? Okay, so yeah, okay, 210 billion, right? And 175 in total deposits. Okay, okay. And then FDIC said it was unclear the portion of those deposits were above the insurance limit. So this is just the total amount of deposits, right? 175.4 billion. So if you divide that by 250,000, I don't know what that is. But if you divide that by 250,000, yeah, it's gonna be, I think, close to like 700,000 or something like that. Mm, okay, I think it might be 7 million. So if there are 7 million accounts and they all had 250K in them or less, then yeah, everyone would be insured, but obviously that's not the case. All right, and then the last US bank failure of this size was Washington Mutual in 2008 which had 307 billion in assets. All right, biggest bank failures since 2001. Washington Mutual, Silicon Valley, IndyMac, Colonial Bank, and then Guarantee Bank. Guarantee Bank, yeah, they failed. All right, SVB was a major right again, venture-backed companies, which are already under pressure again due to high interest rates and tech stocks have been getting crushed since the beginning of the last year, right? Yeah, and, uh, yes, yes, the, yes, the public offerings have slowed down. The SPACs, the, all of it has dropped the... It is dried up in the tech sector. It is, it is a mess over there. I can only imagine for startups, which one would say as a CFO, be like, yo, we got to diversify. But I'm not in charge of this type of stuff. What do I know? What I don't know what I'm talking about. But I know I got more than one bank. I got three. So, I, you know, my goodness. All right, the closure of SPB would impact not only the deposits, but also credit facilities or other forms of finance. Yep, because they obviously give out other loans. They don't just give out the business loans. My guess would be they got car loans, mortgages, things like that. Mortgages about to sold off though, but still. The FDIC said loan customers as we should continue, right, continue continue to make your debt payments though ain't that something we just we 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 just worried about the cash if you owe, if you owe debt just make these debt payments right and the movement the move represents a rapid downfall right SVB on Wednesday the bank announced it was looking to right made raise more than two billion in additional capital after suffering a 1.8 billion in loss on asset sales. Remember, they sold their assets in short, they're trying to get to the exact same position they were at. 1.8 billion and 2 billion is the same dollar now. So before they had to sell these assets at a loss, they felt they were in a good position, but losing $2 billion in asset sales, in short, that's what brought about this collapse. This is hard to read. Oh, this is just a note about that DC shutting it down, FDIC. All right, then some of the shares of the parent company, SBB Financial Group, right? They fell 60% and dropped another 60% in pre-market. So they fell 60%, then of that 60% it fell, it fell another 60%. So that means it fell 96% because it fell 60, right? And then 60%, 60% is 36%. So that'd be, I think, 96% total. I could be wrong about that. All right, then CNBC's, right? David Faber reported Friday morning that the efforts to raise capital right they failed and then obviously and they they pivoted toward now then they were trying to sell the bank but nobody wants to catch this fall tonight for the hot iron why would you want to catch this however and then you know i you know rap you know we saw the assets of wells fargo Citibank, bank of america jp morgan i mean yeah, they, they probably got two two billion dollars two hundred two hundred billion dollars to throw around but they're like no nah, we don't want this yeah y'all should have diversified better while many Wall Street analysts have argued that the struggles for SVB are likely are unlikely to spread to the broader banking system, shares of other mid-side and regional banks. Yeah, I believe Republic Financial. That close? Who closed? Oh, maybe it's not Republic Financial. I can't remember the actual. 
the first national. First Republic, I believe. I could be wrong about this. Okay, no, they didn't close. Like, they must have they stopped as much as they did. So regardless, yes, if they're worried about it spreading to other banks, Congress, you know, they already, you know, in place, you know, Treasury, and all the financial people, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do to make sure there's not a widespread run on financial institutions. I would say in short, this is a lack of diversification based off information that I've read and that I've seen out there. Because if they if they had more diversification in their assets or be, better asset allocation, I mean, my goodness, if you're gonna start a bank and only in short make your bread and butter on tech startups, I mean, you gotta deal with right, high risk, high reward. And tech, the tech stocks have been getting crumbled, crumbled. Remember the people at the bottom, small businesses, tech startups, they always get crushed the most. All right, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, she's just one of the big dogs. Right, she said during testimony before Houseways and Means Committee on Friday, more than she are, she's monitoring very carefully. Okay, cool. Developments at, at, at other few banks, a few banks. Okay, shortly after leaving Capitol Hill, Yellen convened a meeting of top officials at the Fed, the FDIC, and the Comptroller of the Currency, specifically to discuss the SVB situation. Yeah, they don't want this to happen again. Yeah, the government's trying to make sure, obviously, this, you know, right, new regulations are likely to come about, you know, from a banking standpoint, when they're giving out loans to small businesses, that's probably in that area where you know you're going to see some more re regulations come about. Maybe even more specifically in the tech slash uh, biotech uh, type of thing. But you know, I think this is something that you know there will, will there be a Netflix documentary on it likely. But like, look at this Brinks trucks. This Brinks. Yeah, look at this Brinks truck. But I think this is something where you know once the Netflix documentary likely gets released, things like that. We'll see maybe how it could have been prevented. But again, what we're probably going to see, and this is just in short, you know, the state of the economy, all this quantitative easing things coming out of the global financial crisis over a decade ago. But particularly this, the tech sector has had so much, so something you know, would say it's overinflated, right? The stocks have been too high, et cetera, et cetera. There's been so much money in the tech sector. And now it's time, in short, for that money, right? The, the tie is going to have to receive. And that, that money started to come out. And again, the, you know, the startups want to get destroyed. And then again, I was not aware. I, as soon as you heard the name Silicon Valley Bank, I was like, they probably had a lot. I said, they must have been knee deep in the tech business, the tech startup business. Once I heard they collapsed, I'm like, oh, yep, it was confirmed. Like, uh, you know, you can, if you hit your wagon, you're going to you know, ride or die type of thing. So unfortunate situation, obviously, you know. It's not good for the people, you know, losing their jobs, things like that, who had nothing to do with this. They obviously had employees who had no say so uh, in this. And it's unfortunate these people are going to lose their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. This is the risk of single stocks. If you had Silicon Valley Bank, again, if you want to invest in the 16th largest bank, that's on you from an individual stock standpoint, not investment advice, but hey. But, you know, th this is just part of the game, part of the economy. Um, there will likely be another financial crisis as far as the bank collapse. In our lifetime, this is, that's just kind of how, how it works. So be mindful of where your money is at. Obviously, if you're in a situation where you're listening to this and you got over $250,000, please make sure it's insured properly in the sense of you got over 250 k you need to move some of that to a completely new financial institution. Or if you're married and it's all in one account, just move it over to your spouse's account. Again, they did say... They did say the FDIC standard insurance covers up to 250,000 per depositor per bank for each account ownership category. 
and the account account ownership like i don't know what that means on a financial institution by institution basis i know the one that i worked at that account ownership meant your account number and you got a whole bunch of sub accounts savings checking request checking all your loans a christmas club account you know you might have money saved up for vacation all that type of stuff money market excuse me all that stuff is up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. it's not each account so that might vary on institution to institution but just be mindful of where you have your money at. If you are over 250K, look to diversify. If you're not at one of the larger credit unions, let's say even the larger banks, make sure you get out of top dog because just make sure you're in a situation where, hey, if where I have my money at, if they collapse, so if you have Wells Fargo, City, City, uh, City Bank, City Group, City Group, you're at JP Moore, City Bank. See, City, yeah, City, no, City Bank, City Group. Okay, I'm right. I'm like, this City Group, JP Morgan, Bank, BOA. If one, of, if one of those big four go down, we got serious issues. But if Silicon Valley, and this thing, they had $210 billion in assets, right? It's 16th largest one. But it's like, I mean, they went down. It's like, okay, it is what it is. All right. But again, as a wrap up, make sure you hit that like button, share and subscribe. Shout out to the YouTube algorithm. Any comments, questions, concerns, you can leave those as well. But again, I don't think I did the intro in the beginning. I'm Silent underscore Porter. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. My co-host Jordan is Stop Stalling Jay. You can follow him on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. His business page is finallyfit.live. His business website, should I say, business webpage. His Instagram is finallyfit06, and his Facebook is finallyfit. Jordan is not doing in-person training right now in the County area because he got another part-time job, and I, and I forgot about that. So Monday, Wednesday, 5.30 a.m., Tuesday and Thursday, 6 a.m. for the online sessions. For myself, financial coaching, Link is in the description as far as pricing, but it's $50 for one one-hour session a month and $100 for up to one one-hour session a week, so four to five sessions a month, depending on what day uh, we end up meeting, because sometimes, you know, weekdays, day of the week has five in a month, whatever. All the information is in our show notes in the YouTube description. But again, if you guys have any questions, concerns, please reach out to us. You can email us at Corden in full of fat, no, Corden NFE at gmail.com. Okay, again, all of this is in the show notes. But all right, y'all. Remember to save more, say less. Actually, I got a, I got a whole bunch of more stuff that I can do. Many more articles. I'm trying to figure out if I'm just going to do like because I'm like behind because I got so much stuff. And I'm just going to drop a little bit more of these before I just do the next Wealth Wednesday. Here I go set myself up for stuff I'm probably not going to do. But regardless, I got a whole bunch of content in the top. And we're going to make sure we get that finance and fitness, the coordinate full effect episode out to y'all as well. But all right, y'all. Remember to save more and say less and keep making better your best. And I will catch y'all in the next one.